Have you ever thought about buying an already established business rather than starting from scratch and possibly purchasing something completely outside the industries you've had past experience in? If yes, then today's episode is one for you. Michelle Johnson and her husband have done this, and not just once. They've done it twice. They're currently owners of Fantasy Aquariums in West Gosford and Glam Hair and Beauty in Woiwoi, and had zero experience in pet shops and hair salons beforehand. Both keen for a challenge, they've taken on and transformed these two businesses into thriving entities. Keep listening to find out what they did, why they did it, and what's next on the cards. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Marketing Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business by effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. The show features a beautiful blend of guests and solo episodes covering marketing and business growth topics as well as ways to improve your physical, mental, and emotional self. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, a health and wellness copywriter and content marketing trainer, who's here to help perfect your message, then find the right channels to send it out into the scary online world, with the ultimate goal of making it heard and seen by your ideal client. So feel free to book in a free 15-minute chat with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Michelle Johnson. Welcome, Mish. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming along. We've known each other for, I don't want to say how long, like 20 years, 21 years. Crazy. Are we <laughs> really like aged over 20? <laughs> no, I think we look exactly the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we met as teenagers and uh, we kind of pop into each other's lives every now and again randomly and check in. And uh, yeah, I knew I had to have Michelle on the show at some point because she does awesome stuff, which I'll read about now in her bio. So Mish owns two businesses, a hair salon and an aquarium store. Without any industry knowledge for these businesses, she was able to harness the expertise of her team and add value through one-on-one coaching. She's been able to use her skills developed in a corporate career spanning 20 years to employ and develop strong teams as now now teaching other business mums how to juggle all the things in their life, which is very cool. Uh, So to begin with, can you please just go through a little bit more, share more about your business journey, where you've come from, and then what, yeah, what brought you to then buying two very different businesses that you don't have experience in? Yeah, sure. So most of my career has been in corporate management for big companies, Um, But I've always had this entrepreneurial streak. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I used to do dance classes and I was begging the teacher to run a dance camp in the holidays because I wanted to do something. I could see this opportunity that they weren't using the studio and maybe I could make money. And I feel like, yeah, I just always have that opportunistic brain that's looking for something new and something challenging. So all through my corporate career, I've been looking around at what other opportunities there are. And my husband and I are pretty similar in that way. So we were kind of looking for businesses, thinking about different ideas, but we didn't really move until my husband was um, in between jobs and 
an opportunity sort of randomly came up when he went to visit his favorite aquarium store and the owner said that they were thinking about selling. And so it started this whole conversation between us about what we were going to do. Do we want to do this? Is it a good idea? Um, and did our research, looked at the figures and decided, yep, this is a great business for us to start with. So it was like a very established business for 14 years when we took it over. And uh, I was pregnant with our second child. And then um, while I was on maternity leave um, with the second one, we decided um, to try another business. And so we bought a hair salon. And then I've been back in my corporate job for a few years and doing both the businesses when I decided I needed more challenge still and started the mindset corner to help mums do what I'm doing and juggle a whole lot of things at the same time successfully. And you do juggle a lot, right? <laughs> wow. So you've left left the corporate now? No, I'm still there. I'm still, still there uh, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I work full time for them and then I squeeze the business admin and support into sort of pockets of my life. So I'm a massive scheduler. <laughs> yes. So what were your reasons why? I was just an opportunity. Do you have any key reasons why for both, I guess, the aquarium and the hair salon that you decided to do it? I think we both had experience in management and so we knew that we we could get anyone on board and trained and aligned with our vision and I think we're both really passionate about customer service and both of those industries are really about educating your customers and it's not like super salesy um, but it's a great opportunity to teach people about their hobby or their body um, and help them to achieve what they want to achieve so it's yeah really rewarding for us as well. Yeah, so it's a lot more customer service really uh, giving as much value as possible. And so did you have to go do a lot of research into like aquariums, <laughs> into what hair salons, like I, I guess uh, they're both, well, I guess hair salons is probably more about the products and things that you need to think about, but the aquarium it's, well, it, what were you talking about? Are you talking about fish in terms of products maybe? Uh, <laughs> so you have to do a lot of research. Like what did you do to to make sure you came across being informed yourselves. Yeah, luckily we had a pretty good handover with the aquarium business and um, Shane, my husband, he's like a bit of a jack of all trades. So he was able to pick up a, a bit of like plumbing and a bit of science and a bit of like water testing um, skills. So he picked it up really quickly um, and I also worked in the business occasionally. And I think we're just, we were very open to the fact that we were new and we were pretty open with the customers that hey, we're learning too. If I don't know the answer, I'll find out for you and we'll get back to you later. Um, so I think just embracing that fact and not pretending like we knew everything and, you know, just being very honest about our journey. And the same on the hair side. I think if you can employ the right people, then you can learn from them. So you don't need to be an expert. You just need to know enough to be able to support the people that are working for you in the business most of the time, because Shane and I are both he sort of works a lot in people's houses, so he's not always in the shop. So it needs to be able to run without us in the same way the hair salon does. Yeah, because you're right, because some people go, uh, oh, I have skills in hairdressing, so I'll open up a salon, uh, but then they don't know how to run a business, whereas you guys know how to run the business and have, all right, you can be the expert in what you do and we'll just help you with the the leadership, I guess, and, and making sure it will run smoothly and, and take that weight off their shoulders, Yeah. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I think particularly in the hair salon, the staff have really appreciated the level of like professionalism that we've come in with and 
the we have a real respect for what they do as well. So I think that goes a long way. Yeah. And how did you find out about the hair salon opportunity? Uh, we we look for businesses kind of like some people look for real estate. So we're we're always there on Friday night looking up, you know, what's for sale and who's selling things and um, you know, requesting financials for different kinds of businesses to see what's going on and if it would be a good opportunity for us. So this one just um was in our price range and the business didn't look like it was doing that well, but we knew from being local to the area that previously it had been very successful with the owner before. So we thought, well, if it has been successful, then all the factors like location or parking and things like that aren't going to be barriers to us being successful in that business. So it's really just about what's going on inside. And we we love a good challenge. So we decided that that was a great next step for us. Yeah, fantastic. And so what's involved in the takeover process when you come in, like is there an established business? I think a lot of, a lot of the business owners who, who listen in probably have started all from scratch but by themselves, but mm-hmm. you're going into something established. So what's involved in that takeover process? Is it very complicated, a lot of paperwork? How's it, how's um, it work? A little bit, but I think you have, you know, lawyers supporting you so you don't need to be an expert in everything. You, I think you really just need to get the experts around you in the process. So we knew someone who owned a hair salon and so we were asking them quite a lot of questions and obviously the the lawyers on that side. And I think we we had a real approach of like we'll take what's working and we'll just leave what's not working. So that because the business wasn't doing well, there wasn't a whole lot that we felt we needed to know, if that makes sense, because we could see that whatever they were doing at the moment wasn't leading to a good outcome. So we were pretty much just looking for opportunities. And I think if you're buying a business for a low value, you really want to see potential. So we needed to be able to see, okay, if we could do this and this, this is how much we could grow it by. So it's still a good opportunity, even though maybe it's not doing well under its current ownership. Yeah. And how did it go with the staff? Like, was it really awkward at first? Are they all totally on board with you guys coming in? How did that all go? It was actually a little bit awkward because the owner had told us that there was two staff, but we found out once the sale had gone through that actually one of them didn't work there anymore. So that was the first road hump. Um, And the second staff member, she stayed with us for a little while, but it wasn't a great culture fit um, for us. But I think we changed the business quite a lot and she had probably been really used to the old owners and the old way of doing things. And we tried to sort of bring her on board with our strategy, but it just wasn't a great culture fit for her and us. So she ended up leaving a little while after we took over. So we pretty much recruited all our own staff, which was, I have a lot of recruitment experience from my corporate role, but definitely not recruiting hairdressers. So I needed to be, I was really focused on finding people who aligned with our vision and I had to really accept that their skills were going to be there and then see them with clients and, and assess it that way. So we established a team of a beautician and three hairstylists just through interviewing brand new people. So it's pretty much a whole brand new team. Um, but that made it really exciting because the team were also able to contribute to what we should do and shouldn't do from their industry experience. And then we were there almost like in that coaching capacity to kind of assess their logic and or why does that work or why doesn't it um, and kind of build the business up from scratch. Yeah, cool. So did you start with just one one staff member or did you kind of go, all right, we're just going to, 
yeah, throw ourselves in the deep end and hire like three three hairstyles and, and a beautician all at once. Yeah, we hired them all together because we had a little bit of money to invest and we wanted to um, have a certain level of service right from the beginning. And I guess we just really backed ourselves that we would be able to market the business from our other experience and our kind of local networks to be able to make it successful. And our team were really on board with that as well, that their role wasn't just to be a hairstylist, but they also needed to be like mini marketers in the business at the start and help us grow. Like your success is our success. We've, you know, we all need to work together to grow the business so that you can get paid really well and we can all have great jobs. So what type of marketing did you do and what did you kind of ask them to do? Just like share things on socials? Did you have out, you know, big posters under new management and flyers? Like what did you do to announce that you were having a bit bit of a makeover and you were here to make a difference? Yeah, we definitely did those things. Um, Social media was really big for us. Um, And we also had, we got all of our stylists pretty much on the phone on the first day starting to call clients. So there was quite a big database but there weren't any appointments that were scheduled. So obviously the business had been in trouble for a little while and they didn't have, you know, current clientele, but we did have that database from previous years. I think it had seven years worth of history. So we knew that those people had been previously and that was probably the most valuable part of what we purchased because we were able to contact all those people, give them a great offer to come in. Um, We actually gave away quite a lot of free services at the start knowing that the real value was in the lifetime value of that customer, not, you know, making money from every initial appointment and that we needed to take some of that risk because they don't know anything about us. So if it's free, there's very little friction for them to just come in and try a blow dry with someone. And then it was up to the stylist to kind of convert them to an ongoing client or for colour services and try and grow our clientele that way. Yeah, because with a hair salon, like it's something you go to, it could be once a month, once every two months. So you know if they like you, they're going to come back very regularly. So you'll get that return for sure very quickly rather than something where it'd be a one-off sale and they won't need you for six to 12 months or whatever. Yeah, that was something that was similar across both our businesses. So it's a real, it's something that people do need to come back again and again to continue to get the service. So thinking about the client journey and taking care of people and really aiming to deliver that five-star service every time someone comes in, it's kind of going to pay you back over and over again, not just that one appointment. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And also the same thing applies if uh, you do have an upset client, if you just do something nice just to make them happy and then what that happens, and I've said this before in past episodes, you, you transform them into one of your biggest fans. So if, for example, there might have been some people that left because they had a poor experience. It's just so worth it coming in and go, well, this is free. We're totally new. And I, I, I'm I, assuming it worked because you guys are doing well now. Yeah. 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 It's been really successful to go from basically nothing in the appointment book to now having six full-time staff working in the business and yeah, being busy. So very, Fantastic. very happy with how it's going. So good. And so what were your like initial expectations of Owning, I guess this week going back to before the aquarium, your initial expectations of owning an already established business versus the reality. Did you think it was going to be harder? Do you think it's going to be easier? Did you think you'll have certain issues with something that you didn't or anything crop up that surprised you? Yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be easier. I think from working in a corporate environment, we thought, yeah, we've got the management skills and we, you know, we know how to support people to do a great job. 
And I think in my mind, it was like, oh, yeah, we'll put it all together and then we'll leave it alone. And obviously, those people who have businesses probably already know that that's um, an unrealistic expectation. Um, But I found that so rewarding, being able to grow our teams along the way and like develop them as people. Um, Something else that I didn't expect was to enjoy it so much. I think we were buying the hair salon really, I guess, as an investment, um, thinking it would be challenging for us as business people but it's been so nice to be in that salon environment and just seeing all the clients be happy and I get a real like personal fulfillment out of seeing that we can do that for someone in one or two hours you know and I don't think I ever respected the industry as much as I do now that I'm in it and I can see how hard um, hairstylists and beauty therapists are working and the results they can deliver for people not just like in that chair in that moment, but as they walk out back into the world and what they do at home and how they feel about themselves, that's so powerful. Yeah, 100%. I know that's one of the reasons why my sister became a beauty therapist. She loves how it makes people feel so much better about themselves. And uh, it's, it's true because you walk around and feeling more confident. Your hair's done, been done. I mean, I know, you know, I didn't have my hair done for four, four months during lockdown and it didn't look that bad. Like I'm very thankful. Touch wood. I don't get a lot of grays. It's like a very odd one, but my hair was just like the, and then once I had a cut, I'm like, yes, it's shape again. I feel confident to face the world. It's just, yeah. it's this whole emotion behind it that I mean, I think a lot of men don't get uh, like getting nails done. I, I just can't explain it, but I just feel so much more empowered when nails are nicely done. And <laughs> yeah, I think going through lockdown really highlighted that for people. Maybe they just took it a bit for granted. And through this process of not being able to have those services for so long, people are like, oh, I really miss my hairdresser. I didn't realize how much I needed that in my life. So it's been really nice, I think, for the staff coming back to work to have so much love from the clients as well. Yeah, because how are you guys affected by lockdown? Pretty much shut up shop. Did you do any pivoting? What did you do? We, after last year, we had set up an online store so that we had a little bit of a backup plan. And we really reached out to our clients um, who we have quite a loyal client base. So we reached out and said, hey, we would love if you can buy a gift voucher for your appointments when we reopen. And that will help us to, you know, keep afloat and make sure we're still here when we get back. And that really helped. And so we just kept our online store open for like products, for shampoos and treatments and moisturizers and things like that. And so people could still go online and support us that way. And we still had something to say to talk about on socials and keep that connection with our customers so that at the other end, we were still there. They knew we were still operating and ready to go. Yeah. And did the same thing again this year? Yeah, so last year we we didn't actually have to shut down in New South Wales. So, but I guess we saw the writing on the wall that it could happen, and so that's why we put those strategies in place for the online store and gift vouchers. And we had a, this time a special lockdown pack with it that included a voucher and some products just to try and incentivize the customers to spend some money with us in advance. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> I think that kind of, and the customers would have really appreciate that. I'm sure too, because if you're trying to maintain your yeah whatever you can do, uh, you know, uh, with not having your usual access to the providers. I mean, I know I had, when I got a nail removal kit thing, which was just great having that going, all right, well, I know I did a very dodgy job, but at least I got most of it off and everything like that. Um, so the, the, yeah, so that the hair salon, it's, it's obviously in a much better position than it was before. So you, you what, I mean, look, we know we cha- you changed the staff, but was there anything that you kept the same 
Um, or did you pretty much give it a whole major overhaul and it just had the, the skeleton of the same business? Even change the name or keep it the same or what? Yeah, we actually, the name is probably the only thing that we kept. Um, some of the equipment and the furniture we kept, but we sort of updated um, the inside. But the name, we just thought that if we came out with a brand new name, no one would really know who we were at all. So even if the brand has not a great reputation currently, it still had a great reputation before and at least people know the name and they know where it is. So the conversation was more like we're different rather than trying to establish a business that no one had heard of before. Yeah, makes sense. So as you're making phone calls going, hi, where are these guys previously known as these guys? And it's gets yeah. all confusing. Um, so do you have any tips with someone thinking of buying a business outside of their comfort zone or even just doing it for the first time? Um, I would say it's really important to surround yourself with the right people. So we um, definitely had the right experts in our corner in terms of the legal side, but then also great accountant, bookkeeper, and really leaning on our suppliers in the businesses. So they they have a vested interest in your success as well. If you do well, you'll buy more product from them. So you should expect that they will support you educate you in the products and help you get started and they often have really great packages for new businesses because it's like quite a good size purchase at the start so that can be a great way to align yourself with a supplier that you really resonate with Um, so for us it was really important to align with Australian brands so we were kind of looking through the market and we've got such like great support and education from them so I think that's something maybe people don't think about that you have that those people that really know the industry very well and can give you good advice about what works, what doesn't, what other salons are doing, maybe that are outside of, you know, in different states or something. So it's not like a competitive problem to to share that information. And I think also getting a business coach that is industry specific. So unfortunately, there aren't any aquarium business coaches, but there are definitely salon coaches. And I've had a coach for the last 18 months that I've been using who is specifically for hair salons and so some of the things that you would normally have a business coach for that are kind of generic business things I was it was just great like great reminders for me of what I needed to be focusing on but I needed to know how long should it take for this person to do a half head of foils and you know can I um, trust my team when they're telling me these things about what they need and having an industry expert that person can really like verify that information or say, oh no, they're they're trying to take something from you there. <laughs> you really, you should go back because it should only take an hour and a half or something like that, because there's no way you could know that otherwise. Yeah. And it's a good point you're making about yeah, having an industry specific coach. Cause I've had experience with coaches in the past, it's been a little bit more general and it hasn't really worked out because they give very general advice mm-hmm. uh, so I think that must be yeah very key to to be, be successful with having or having the right coach for you and then getting the success that you want because they really get industry can talk in the right numbers and know exactly what you should and shouldn't do when and um yeah so it sounds like you had a good find there and while we're talking about coaches um tell us more about what you're doing these days so my current program is um I run an eight-week online program called Frenzy to Focus, which helps mums who run businesses and have teams to 
get control of their time so that they can spend it on doing what's important to them instead of it being sucked up by potentially the wrong things or the wrong people. And so that's been, I've been working on that for a little while now after I did my um, NLP certification at the start of this year, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And so that coaching certification really sort of enforced all of the things that I had been doing with people around me, but maybe didn't quite understand why or the theory behind it. And now I feel like I'm really in a position to share what I'm doing and why it works and help other people achieve that same success and not to be feeling so anxious and overwhelmed when they have a lot going on. And I think as a mom with a business, I totally understand that feeling and it's so rewarding to help people out of that. Yeah, and you've definitely had that life experience <laughs> to, yeah. to give that advice. Um, this has been awesome. Thanks so much, Mish. And I, I have these questions now that I always ask my guests. And one of them we, we kind of touched upon, um, it's the best marketing method for your business. But I think we did that. We talked about really initially, but what kind of marketing methods do you do now for, I guess, both businesses and um, coaching business? Mm-hmm. And what's what's working the best? Something that we've introduced at the hair salon was a referral program for our clients. So I guess when you're in business, you have ideal customers and then you have customers that you think, oh, that person, you know, is never really happy with our service. They have sort of A-level and B-level customers. So we find when we find our A-level customer, we want more of those. So if we ask that person for a referral, we're more likely to get more of similar types of people that are more likely to be prepared to spend the right amount of money or interested in similar services or um, that would appreciate the culture that we have. And so we reward our clients for referring their friends by um, giving them little discounts or upgrades for free on their services. Yeah, nice. I like that idea. And how do you take care of your health and wellness? I love walking. I'm one of those 10,000 steps crazy people who have to watch and track every day how I'm going. Um, <laughs> Look at my watch now. Yeah, I'm under 3,000 for today. Which is yeah, my, my sister and I are always competing and checking in, like, what are you up to? What are you up to? So, yeah, I've found over the last six months, particularly trying to get that one hour walk in every day and scheduling time to do that. It's just really time to get perspective on my day. It's, it's mental health and physical health for me. And you do that first thing in the morning? Yeah, I I put it wherever it fits in the day, but I, I have a, an appointment in my calendar for my walk. And so if I need to move it, it has to go somewhere else. Good point. I've had been really good this week. I've run every single day, so four days in a row. And then this morning I'm like, no, I have a deadline. I have to get up and do that. And then I was going to run on my lunch break, but then I'm like, oh, but then I'll come back sweaty for this meeting. <laughs> There's a point for this interview. And then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can do it then. And I think I just have to just cut my day short if I can. It's go at the end of the day. Otherwise, I'll feel bad. I did, you know, I wanted to be five days in a row. So I think I'll let myself down if I don't. Uh, <laughs> There's always uh, a way. Besides, uh, it's annoying though. You do that long, uh, long run or something, and I still only get to like 8,000. I'm like, Something's wrong with my watch. Like, I swear I should have. Anyway. Um, run around the couch just to. Get I have. But, you know, a little trick. You just move your arm up and down. That's <laughs> cheating. Yeah, if you want to cheat. Um, and how can people connect with you? So I'm on Instagram. It's the underscore mindset underscore corner or Facebook, the mindset corner, all one word. Um, my website is themindsetcorner.com. And if you want to check out my course, you just add slash frenzy to focus 
and you can have a look there. Um, if the course is open, you'll be able to sign up straight away, but it's only open three times a year. So you can always join the waitlist if it's in a closed period. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been really helpful. I think for anyone out there thinking of, yeah, throwing themselves in the deep end and buying an established business, uh, 100%. Follow these tips. I'm sure Mitch will be able to help you out with some advice, but otherwise get an industry coach. That sounds like the way to go as well. Uh, So thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. See you soon. (laughs) See you soon. And thank you to listener for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via iTunes and grab a screenshot of this episode and share it across your socials. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and let me know you're a fan of the show. You can also find me on Instagram under Leanne Shelton 247 or book in a free 15-minute chat because I'd absolutely love to chat about how I can help you grow a thriving health and wellness business. Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.